0: Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Follison, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of the B2B SaaS company VAM that's helping sales teams increase their sales through video messaging. I started this podcast because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I know that I need to learn from the best. So with that said, let's jump into the episode.
1: Hi, I'm Charlotte Ekelund, the CEO of Timico, and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs.
0: Hi, Charlotte.
1: Hello, Youssef.
0: Great to have you here.
1: Thank you very much. It's amazing to be here.
0: Who are you, and what is TimiCo.
1: <laughs> well, I'm Charlotte. I'm uh, the co-founder and CEO of TimiCo, which is a virtual office platform. So essentially, we are the landlord online for distributed teams.
0: Landlord online. Well, <laughs> I, I, like, I like that. I like that <laughs> wording
1: yeah imagine me like one of these uh, real estate brokers but more online
0: <laughs> it has to be a bit more detailed who are your idle customers
1: so most of our um, happiest customers are distributed across two or more countries as a team uh they have a work from anywhere policy or a remote friendly approach to working that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a physical office so some of them do have offices even multiple ones or uh, an HQ office but essentially the way they operate is very digital first and um, they generally care about feeling connected in the team. So what we offer is the possibility to be together, although you're not physically, obviously, by creating that space online. And they also wanna be able to be productive and resolve ad hoc bottlenecks by asking quick questions without having to send links and, and all of that. And it's a lot of tech companies.
0: Thank you for that. We're moving on to mornings Charlotte, rituals. What do you do to ensure The best possible day in the morning.
1: Wow. And this is someone asking me who has a 5 a.m. running club. Uh, Can you feel the anxiety inside of me? Like, (laughs) I wish I I could say something super cool. Uh, But no, I am...
0: I need to jump in here and say it's not running club. It's not five M oh, running Sorry, clubs.
1: What is it? Morning. But it's something like that, no?
0: Yeah, morning, morning walks. Five morning morning, morning walks.
1: walks. Okay, okay. Sorry, I thought it was running. Yeah, no. Um, so I am a, a night active person, always have been. So I work really well around midnight, which uh, means my morning routine is nothing to brag about. I um, have a life hack that I prep the coffee machine the night before. And then I walk in my sleep snoozing for the fifth time to the coffee machine. And then I sit in my bed and drink my coffee. (laughs) And uh, I uh, actually have a happy song every morning that I listen to while I do that. Um, And uh, it can fluctuate, different kind of happy songs. And then I, yeah, then the work starts. (laughs) So uh, that's a very honest answer.
0: (laughs) Good, I like honest answers. And uh, can you please tell me one or two of your happy songs so I can uh, and the listeners can imagine? Like, oh my what god, can this be? is
1: embarrassing! <laughs> no, this is really embarrassing. Uh, recently it's been, um, I don't know why, but uh, Sarah Bareilles' uh, love song, I don't know that I think it's with Happy Clappy, it's a pop song from what the 90s. And, um, yeah, no, I'll leave it there. This is too embarrassing. <laughs>
0: Thank you for sharing. And uh, no, I, I have, not as my happy song, but if I'm going to do like a speech or get, need to get pumped up, I put on Eye of the Tiger with, with Rocky. It's, yeah, good one. You need to have your songs. But okay, thank you for this, Charlotte. Moving on. If I would take your mobile phone right now, which top three apps are you using most?
1: Uh, I think uh, the Team app, the Slack app, and uh, Instagram probably
0: instagram is <laughs> competing up oh, there is.
1: well yeah because i had a party this weekend i turned 35 and ever since uh, it's been very active so uh,
0: yeah oh okay, okay. so so it so can fluctuate regarding
1: it can fluctuate yes
0: nice the following question here is I, i'm gonna fish for where do you spend your time when you are on the computer which top three are? is it there
1: love our data studio. I love digging into the actual data of, of users and <laughs> sales and uh, that part. I do hang out on LinkedIn because that's where I see uh, trends and just, you know, get informal information mainly. And um, uh, obviously our customers I check out their websites and sort of speak to them. Um, and then I spend um, a lot of time with my team in Team uh, so that is obviously our office. Uh, and I would say those are kind of to- just top of mind where my workday starts.
0: It's good to see that you're out there and hustling and also in the data studio. I, lo- I love that. The, that, that. That is so right and also so nerdy at the same time. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, founder sales, right? A lot of people talk about it. Like yeah. when is the first, when when is the right timing to hire salespeople? We have people and, and customer happiness. Um, but I have to say, I, I want to stay really close to our users because I think the, the market has changed for us a lot as well. I mean, we started before the pandemic, pandemic came, now it's post-pandemic. And we need to constantly talk to people to understand Uh, what's changing, how we can satisfy needs, how we can improve the product and and so on. So I find it very rewarding also to talk to people. Uh, So I try to be as involved as I can um, when I'm not needed elsewhere.
0: What way is the best way to do an outreach to you to get your first interest.
1: Mm, good one. I once heard about uh, a recruiter who used Swish. Um, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs>
0: when you say Swish, you assume that Stending this is money not just
1: Swedish. No, no, no. no, um, no. But uh, jokes aside, it's actually, I get a lot of emails and I get a lot of LinkedIn. Uh, I even dare to call it spam to the extent where I, I don't really check um Uh, most of the messages anymore. So um, I think the best outreach is either a warm intro through someone I know or um, somehow just talking to me i think i'm i'm a irl person to that extent so if you you know if you bump into me somewhere i will definitely listen uh face to face but uh, digitally i i have to admit i have become one of those people who don't check all the inbound uh, messages that reach me anymore
0: and if something reach you it would it help if it's like Hyper personalized with you with your logo, and uh, yeah, yeah, so you can clearly see this is for you, and that's sharp pitch, short one.
1: I like what VAM is doing. I like the way you apply your product. I think uh, video pitch is, I've watched the two, three video pitches that I have received, uh, not necessarily responded, uh, but I have watched them. uh, And um, in terms of personalization, just if it says in an email and you can tell that, you know, it's an automated, like, oh, no, 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 Timiko, or you as the CEO, and no, 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 um, that doesn't really fly
0: Thank you for this, Charlotte. We're moving on to one of the topics I think of most when I talk with you and talk uh, about Timiko. And my co-founder also, also uh, told me like, Joseph, you need to talking about culture and remote. <laughs> and I was <would>, like, yes, Hampus. <laughs> yes. yes, I've already thought about it. That's why one of the top reasons I invited Charlotte. So please, can you give me the best hacks now? First question here. Best practice from your angle with Mm. remote first and then the second follow-up but we start with uh, the first one but then how do you ensure to build a great culture with a remote first company but let's start dig deep in number one Mm.
1: cool uh thanks for the question i mean we have obviously um for the for the first two years of our company most people had never ever met physically so we had our first physical conference two years in when we flew in out of the 16 people, 14 to Stockholm. And um, we have, I would say, the the two given factors are, of course, be super clear on expected structures, routines, meeting principles. But everyone has that these days.
0: Uh, Now you are too general. Uh, Everyone in your, maybe, your your bubble have that. Yeah. So please, let's dive deeper here. When you say everybody has.
1: So I think... Remote-first companies especially, they tend to have um, almost a playbook. So GitLab's playbook was already famous before the pandemic, for instance. And we've done quite some research on routine meetings as well with our um customer base and a lot of them have daily stand-ups a lot of them have weekly demos a lot of them have bi-weekly all hands meetings and depending on how distributed you are in terms of time zones that can also play in of course um i think that the setting the routines and ways of working in terms of the scheduled meetings is relatively seen the easy part uh, then you need to clarify what tools are we using uh, so if one person using excel and the other one uh, google sheets it's not gonna work um, so a, a lot of remote first companies have a huge tool stack so it's figma it's miro it's uh, a data studio it's Jira, it's GitLab, it's everything, uh, Slack and Zoom and Teamigo. Uh, but what's important is that you understand who is supposed to use what for what, or if there is such guidance. Um, so what we say is uh for so people don't feel, oh, yet another tool, um, because it is adding something that Slack and Zoom don't add, which is the, the constant being together possibility to speak ad hoc without needing to send links and just ask a quick question or co-listen to music and just pop by and get quick help. Um, so clarifying structures, tools. But then the third part is really the devils in the details, I would say, and that is to be a super... Uh, genuine uh, uh, caring leader. Uh, that sounds really cheesy, but we have some traditions in our team that we've had for since the inception. Uh, it started with word of the week every Thursday in our team meetings with like, we translate a specific word into all the languages we speak in the team, which is like 14 languages. Then we all send hoodies as a welcome pack of branded hoodies to everyone. Um, we, uh, make these postcards of the team that we send out every half year. We have once per month, we have a um, lunch session that's called know me better lunch, where everyone gets to show pictures from their upbringing and where they studied. And, you know, when Monasha shows like this was what my home looked like in Zimbabwe when I was a kid. And then the next week it's Mila in in Ukraine. And she's like, yeah, this is where I studied and this is my gym. You get so much more uh, empathy for the person behind the screen that you're otherwise just talking to.
0: Nice. Yeah, I, I, I got some really interesting stuff here. And I, I know for sure that I will listen to this back again <laughs> once or twice and like, hmm, should, should we try like this? Or can we go like this?
1: Well, we also did, I mean, offsites. Uh, we have only had uh, one conference in these three years. But I think that's the other thing that a lot of companies do.
0: Do do you do like uh, like scheduling random calls to each other? When do you have your after works Or I, I I know I know you have like all these fun, fun yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean obviously, and, and apologies for for promoting our own platform, but obviously Teamico makes it work, right? So every morning when I log in to work, uh, I see the guys in Ukraine already online, and then the guy in in Albania. Then an hour later, the the person in in Ireland comes online and so on because of time difference and we obviously coexist there so I see my colleagues every day uh, and chit chat with people um, about you know the weather in Poland or whatnot or co-listen to music or um, sort of gossip about that tinder date um, so it, you you get all of that and i think that is the to us definitely the what's made the trick uh, obviously i would be very it uh, would be very sad if, <laughs> if we didn't use our own platform but um it does make a difference to the extent actually where um uh, two things i want to throw in just a hero oh, the how extremely proud i am of, of our team uh so when we have a few developers in ukraine and when When the war started you know people in poland were like okay we're just gonna drive to the border we'll do whatever we'll pick them up we you know they can stay with us and this is people that have barely ever met but the bonds were really really strong in the team um and also um just uh yeah no in in general how people have been um uh, one person actually left the team for a while but then came back after eight weeks saying that and we had never met the person in uh in real life. And he said he missed our team so much. And that was purely, he had been working remotely his entire life as a developer. Um, but there was something special around the bonds that we had created through this um, um, everyday interaction that we have uh, built up.
0: Really powerful. <laughs> and uh... Yeah, we need to move on to uh, goal systems and frameworks, and then we can drive it down to uh, KPIs. For, on a company level, what do you use to work with goals and uh, frameworks regarding that?
1: So I have started reading the OKR book, and I am looking at OKRs. Uh, we haven't implemented the whole way of working yet. I would say we're a little bit on our way towards that. Uh, we, we have still been so small, sort of under 20 people that... Uh, we haven't gone there yet. Um, having that said, obviously we have KPIs, so uh, weekly uh, follow-ups and full transparency in the whole company. So everyone has access to data studio and uh, and all the KPIs, all the you know number of users, number of paying users, number of uh, minutes online, um, hops, uh, I mean all, all the data is super transparent and we also highlight a lot of analysis each uh, week. We have a KPI dashboard. Um, I have a fantastic colleague who's uh, head of finance and data, uh, who is um, yeah uh, making sure everyone is always on board on how things are going. So um, that's essentially a little bit traditional in that sense: KPI dashboard. Um, and then, obviously, since we have three uh, venture capital uh, backers as well, we have reporting structures in place each month that have been in place uh, for for months or years, really. Uh, so we we need to um, report every month.
0: The fun stuff.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> when when things are going well, the fun stuff. <laughs> when you don't hit the targets, the not so fun stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: If we're then focusing on your top KPIs, Charlotte, they were top three to five. What mm-hmm. are you looking at and measuring? Uh,
1: daily active users is something we obviously follow a lot. Uh, we also look, of course, at VAU and MAU, but I think the, the DAO is, is more important. Uh, revenue, conversion rate to paying. Um,
0: is it like what's the actual MRR slash ARR is, or is it the growth of the, that is the most when you say revenue?
1: Uh, It is, I would say, mainly revenue versus plans. So MRR at the moment we're tracking, but also the conversion rate, uh, paying conversion rate obviously gives you a hunch of of sort of how your uh, growth figures are doing. Um, We also look at actual, uh, a lot of cohort data and retention. So uh, obviously there is no point in... Um, spending marketing money if you can't sort of retain users, so uh, closing the whole growth loop and uh, making sure people stay around. And,
0: and when and when you just throw up all these relevant metrics, can you be a bit more detailed say what is a good cohort from your perspective?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not sharing figures because uh, there's been a lot of um, digging.
0: Okay, and if we quickly gonna address your GTM, also known as go-to-market strategy, uh, there is a few ones in B2B SaaS. Which ones are you? Have you been? Uh, where are you right now? And, and what you think works the best for a company like yours? Hmm.
1: Honestly, I think the whole our entire market. Uh, Like the the virtual office market is A-B testing and and trialing and erroring at the moment. We're not that many players globally. Uh, So we are, I would say, uh, one of the biggest uh, ones in Europe, for sure. And um, some have a little bit different twists. The, the the go-to-market strategy obviously is very linked with the ICP and the ideal customer profile, as well as the positioning of your brand and product. So in the market, we are seen as the somewhat more professional virtual office, which is brandable with your own colors and logos and stuff. And you don't have avatars. It doesn't feel like a Super Mario game, which means that we attract um startups, scale-ups, other companies that sort of feel a little bit more, want to feel like a workplace rather than a game. Um, And and that already crystallizes then and has a a link to which channels uh, people find us in, if that makes sense. Uh, So we, our go-to-market strategy you will get a blurry answer here. It is still under A/B testing. We know a few channels that do work really well, and we know some that we have tried that had absolutely no effect. But we're still we're still testing and and optimizing all the time. What I can say though is that we don't actually do any outreach. Like like we're it's um, we we don't have a B two B sales team, so we're not a B we're not a B two B SaaS um company in that sense if you think of the traditional um b2b SaaS, um uh, like the the super big you know softwares with with really long selling periods where you have people on the phone and stuff like
0: you're 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 not like salesforce
1: no (laughs) i don't think so
0: (laughs) yeah like you said it was a A bit fluffy answer so <laughs> will you answer if i go no i don't think you will give me more at the moment so uh, I-, I will leave it for there and uh, we don't have so much time uh, left charlotte so we're gonna wrap this up with uh, a few last questions and then i quickly want to address the market right now when it comes to capital what's your take regarding everything that happens for startups that need money
1: yeah, it's a it's a bit of a sad uh, chapter ahead, I think. Uh, at the same time, I guess I, I'm part of the the people who believe that the people act quickly. So it's no secret that a lot of companies have made sure to prolong their runway in the different ways they can, um, and. I think that's pretty wise, especially if you don't know for sure that you would be in a position to raise within the next, you know, few months. Uh, I think the everyone talks about the dry powder and and the money and the the funds uh, that the VCs have raised and so on. Um, I think it will be a little bit tougher. I think maybe valuations will go down, but I certainly think it's possible to to raise uh, if you do things right. So I think. Maybe this is the hustler in me, but <laughs> if, you just, if you just focus on sales and do that right, then I think the rest will probably solve itself. Um, that's my take. And I advise the, the entrepreneurs who are even earlier stage than us to rather close smaller rounds, but close so they can keep going because now rounds can take longer time as well. But that's just my perspective.
0: But I love this answer because I'm a hustler too. So you always need to close. A, B, C, classic. Always, always be, be closing. closing. Yes. <laughs> okay, Charlotte. So I asked you for 30 minutes and we are now tuning soon towards 30 minutes. I, I have two last questions that I always ask the guest. So the, the first thing is, uh, where can the people who right now listen to you follow you? Where is the best channel to follow you?
1: I would say LinkedIn. Although I was just ditching <laughs> my inbox there, but I think in terms of following, yes, I I am more of a LinkedIn than a Twitter person.
0: Great, and then and the last one, which other one to three, yeah, one to two, one to three B two B saw CEOs would you like to listen to in this podcast? And please also th- think, think globally now because th- this is not like a Swedish or Nordic podcast.
1: Well, I mean, I have to say my favorite speaker at SAS Nordic was Mikael Bay from uh, Supermetrics. He was hilarious and he was so honest on stage. And I love when people don't just tell the success uh, parts. So I really, I don't, I don't know the guy, uh, but I, I enjoyed very much watching him. Uh, I always think it's a pleasure to listen to uh, eric fjellboy from quinix Uh, i've recommended him before Uh, and i also think you have a good lineup actually what i've seen uh so so really well done yeah no that's just top of mind what i could think of
0: charlotte thank you so much for putting aside 30 minutes with me to help me and the community to keep on learning
1: Thank you, Yusuf. Thank you for having me and keep on rocking. I'm convinced this uh, will be just as successful as your last podcast, if not even more.